I had some suggestions, some new people are interested in talking about Varnashram Dharma. Um, I was interested in, I don't know if everyone else is interested in the, uh, in the, um, how do you say, how exactly it, it functions in respect to, you know. Yeah, I can talk about that. We can talk about anything, anything you're yeah. really interested in. Uh, but, um, I've thought a lot about it, and uh, um, at one point, actually, I mean, we got so interesting instructions from Prabhupada because I, you know, we had a, one time in the United States, we had a political party started by Srila Prabhupada, the In God Trust Party for Purified Leaders. You could hold up a, the dollar bill and say, In God We Trust on it, you know, that's our slogan. It didn't, we had to stop it basically because uh, uh, you couldn't be both a religious organization and an overt political organization in America. But um, so that and we had a magazine called The New World Harmonist and we tried to relate Krishna consciousness. And one of the, one of the things was that we had to start thinking about this idea of Varnashram Dharma. One of the things, you know, Prabhupada famously said 50% of my work is done. I wanted to establish Varnashram Dharma. And, uh, yeah, when you start to look at it, you wonder, how is it possible? And where is it? You know, you don't look around, you don't see these things. Uh, and I, it, one of my best experiences in Krishna consciousness was being in an airport when Prabhupada came in. And, uh, you know, those days when Prabhupada would come to the airport, uh, you, this is before all the security measures, you, we'd bring a Vyasasana and set it down there, and we'd do Guru Puja uh, to Prabhupada in the, in the airport, in the arrival, you know, before. Yes, we would. And then, uh, and then uh, reporters were there, and uh, Prabhupada would give a press conference. So this was happening at one of the New York airports, and uh, so we were in Philadelphia. That's like about ninety miles from New York. And so every time he was coming, our temple would come up. I remember. I think that was the time we had this garland that somebody made for Prabhupada, and yeah. I started to pull it out. Of, it was like a <laughs> six feet, long, you know. Prabhupada <laughs> <laughs> saw it. He started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, the, the, the reporters said to Prabhupada, why have you come to the West? That was their question. And the other thing Prabhupada liked to do is he liked to goof on reporters. I mean, he really did. I mean, he liked really to, to, <laughs> to, to do things to agitate them and stuff like that. But uh, so he said, uh, but when he did it, it was also very serious at the same time. He said, I have come to give you a brain. <laughs> That's what he said. I've come to, these guys are writing, you know, they stop. <laughs> and, and, and then he explained, he said to them, he said, just like the human body has a head, arms, belly, and legs, so the social body 
has uh, intelligent class to give guidance, uh, uh, the, the uh, government to protect the arms, uh, the uh, mercantile and uh, agricultural to, to f the belly to feed, and then let laborers like the legs do work. He says so it has these four parts. He said, but your society is headless. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, then they, they asked a few questions, then he said, actually, in your society, I said, everyone is a Shudra, and there are a few Vaishas. That's a pretty interesting idea. Uh, because it means that we haven't really seen or experienced real kshatriyas uh, uh, or, or, or real brahmanas. I spent a lot of time in universities where the so-called intellectuals were there. And my father was a career military officer in the United States Army. So I, you know, I grew up among people that were like supposed to be kshatriyas. And I realized Prabhupada was really right that both the, the intellectuals in the universities and the military were really serving the Vaishyas. <clears throat> that was what it was really about. You look where the money is coming from and what the funding is for. Like right now in, in, in the United States, really who controls the military are the companies that make the weapons. You know, it's really their thing to to make the weapons, and the the, the most powerful people in the in, in the military are those people who work with Northrop and Grumman and all these big armament manufacturers to design the weapon systems. You know, and, and right now the most effective army in the United States military are drones, and the person who's Flying these drones is sitting down in an air-conditioned <laughs> seat in the ground, completely safe, you know, pushing buttons and shooting up people like, where's the Kshatriya? It's like, you'd have to see them like that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we haven't seen real Kshatriyas, nor Brahmanas. Uh, same thing in the universities, they're basically... Uh, where does the money come from? Uh, you're doing research for, you know, some firm that that's, can manufacture something or make something or uh, and so on like that. Uh, if, 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 so that, that, so Prabhupada said, I've come to give you a brain uh, uh, who can give guidance. Brahmana means someone who can see the absolute truth and then uh, by that vision that genuine knowledge of ultimate reality bring it to bear on concrete affairs that's jnana vijnana uh, this is the brahmana jnana vijnana astikyam these are qualities of a brahmana and people didn't have it first of all brahmana is supposed to be in the mode of goodness uh, and you notice in the universities that's not a requirement for the students mm -hmm. that they be 
free from the modes of fashion and ignorance, neither the professors or the faculty. But that's what it's supposed to be. One, one of Prabhupada's early uh, trips, one of his early uh, engagements when we went to Boston was somebody had arranged for him to go to MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and give a talk. And this was to faculty and graduate students. I don't know who arranged this, but Prabhupada, I've heard the recording of that talk. And Prabhupada uh, asked them, why don't you have a department for the study of the soul? They must have said, where is this guy coming from you? But he was quite serious. And you should have a department for the study of the soul. And so that's what the ISKCON is for, really. First you give a brain. But a Brahmana, Prabhupada would find a Brahmana as one who can learn anything and teach anything. These two things are there, to learn anything and teach anything. And so... Uh, the other thing that he really did uh, for this idea of, of, of Varnashram was, was to start the farm communities. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, which would involve with cow protection. And of course we had, where I was, Gita Nagari was very close and my children went to Gurukula at uh, at Gita Nagari, and I was there a lot. And there was a time where I was at GBC for Gita Nagari, mm-hmm. where we were doing cow protection. And I remember one devotee saying to me, uh, in frustration, you know, cow protection is just a very expensive hobby. That's what, that was his heretical opinion. But I can understand why he said that, because... We had to start something called Adopt a Cow to get people to donate to maintain the cows. Uh, and uh, why? The cows are so, the bulls are supposed to maintain us. They're like the father that works for you and the mother that produces milk and they're supposed to take care of us. And yet we have to subsidize. So I begin to think, you know, what's, 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 what's this Varnashram Dharma from the point of view of having actual you know, real Vaishas, and uh, uh, because, you know, what we call a Vaisha is not, that's that's their job, you know. Basically, agricultural, and if you have a little surplus, you know, there can be some selling and buying and a little bit of banking and stuff like that. Uh, So, uh, I, I started to really look and see what was going, what had gone wrong in the West, where we were today, and what was really happening, and how could we possibly do anything about it, you know? So, and we keep trying to establish Varnashram Dharma in different ways, and it doesn't really seem to work very well. Uh, well, uh, so, so I, I haven't given up on that program at all. Uh, uh, or think it's impossible or, or something like that. But but I, I think it will have to come about when there's, for people, no other option. I mean, first of all, we should develop actual brahmanas. Okay? 
And that's a dip, that's that's a kind of knowledge uh, or a process of knowledge that is currently not recognized. Uh, because because Brahmana means situated in the mode of goodness, and Prabhupada, according to the to to Bhagavad Gita, that knowledge depends upon goodness, upon sattva. So you can see the absolute truth. I went to a university. I studied in a philosophy department. The idea that you could actually know the truth was like people just start laughing. You know, I, I after four years of studying philosophy before I was more I was a devotee. I finally had a frustration because I was like this. I was one of these guys looking for truth. You know, and people like laugh at me. I, I said to one that the professor I thought was the the smartest and the kind of um, wisest. Uh, I asked him. I was a philosophy major. Yeah? I said, "Well, what's the best thing that you think we can understand by studying philosophy?" He said, "To be clear about what you're confused about." <laughs> <laughs> And I said, that's the best? He said, yes. That was an honest answer. Now, I got a little older, I appreciated it more. But at the time, I was really disappointed to be, to be clear about what you're confused about, you know. And I asked somebody else the same question. I said, why are you, studying, why are you teaching in, uh, in philosophy? To win arguments, he said. That was his, his reason, you know. Because I'll tell you, my first year in a philosophy class, uh, the, the guy, he was actually he's from England, a teaching assistant, he says, so what is philosophy? And we raised our hands and gave our stupid freshman answers, you know. So, uh, and he'd write them on the board. And I, I said, philosophy means asking questions like, who am I? Where have I come from? Where am I going? And he wrote that on the board. And then he demolished everybody's question. You know? <laughs> uh, and he came to mind, he said, Oh, yes, this question. Who am I? Where have I come from? Where am I going? He said, We do have one person in this department who asked those questions. And I say, my name is Ken Young. I am coming from College Hall, and I am going to Bennett Hall. And then he struck it out. <laughs> that was introduction to philosophy. <laughs> People don't know. They don't know. Uh, earlier times, people talk about these things, you know, you, you, but not anymore. And after I became a devotee, I could understand why. Because actually the ability to perceive anything like transcendence or God depends upon sattva guna. Uh, knowledge depends upon goodness. And it's not cultivated. It's just not fostered. And, and, and of course, nobody can see how you can make money out of it. Because the standard, Prabhupada says this in the Bhagavad Gita, the, 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 he said in former times, the standard of advancement of society was a standard of the mode of goodness. 
but now the standard of advancement is mode of passion. And that's what we see, economic development. That's all people are interested. That's why the, 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 the highest, a few vices, if you want a conspiracy theory, there it is, a few vices, <laughs> a few vices. Um, and, and, and by the way, what is what according to the Bhagavad Gita is the result of the mode of passion? You study that chapter, what, the 13th chapter, about the three modes of nature. It tells you the result of the mode of passion is misery. That's where we're headed. It's misery. That's going to happen. And, you know, we're all interested in economic development, and there are people working day and night to keep the whole thing from falling apart. You know, one country is collapsing. Oh my God, what'll it do? You know, what'll happen to the euro if Greece goes down? Da, da, you know, they're all like scrambling and trying to fix something. It's like all these central bankers and all these things like that. <laughs> so yeah, it's it 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 it's it, uh, unsustainable. Uh, so this, this society, this Varna system, where you actually had actual kshatriyas, I mean, and actual brahmanas, the, 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 the brahmanas guided the kshatriyas, uh, 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 kshatriyas governed. And then I realized that actually in Europe, that was the system. Yeah, because, because in the Middle Ages, a little bit beyond that, you know, you 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 had the the Brahmanas was organized as the the Roman Catholic Church in the West. Huh? That was the the Church. Uh, then there were the feudal nobles, land-owning nobility, who you know, big castles and things like that. But they used to do something useful. They used to fight. You know, it's not everybody that, that's willing to protect, to stand up and you know, put your life on the line. You know, but that, that, you know, these people are people of, of, of courage and manage military. So that was, that was actually the, the, feudal, the feudal lords, nobility, with the kshatriyas. And then, uh, then you then you had people that were not hereditary nobility, but you know, some, uh, uh, landowners or tradespersons and merchants, stuff like that, the Vaishas. And then you had uh, peasants, serfs, whatever you want, you know, the people who did just uh, general labor, <laughs> like that. And the interesting thing was that that. The, in the system, you had duties toward everybody. You had obligations. What are the duties of a Brahmana? What are the duties of a Kshatriya? Duties of a Vaisha? So you had to take care of if you had somebody who was a, a, a Shudra but was serving you, you had to take care of them. It wasn't like it was free labor. You had you also, you're receiving something, you had to do something back. 
for everybody. You know, this 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 was the the, the social system. So I realized, you know, in the Middle Ages, that's what we had, but it collapsed. It went away. And I, you know, I felt, wow, you know, how did how did that happen in the West that it that it collapsed? So I started to like read a lot of history. <laughs> <laughs> to try to figure this out. And uh, uh, I realized there was a series of steps where it, 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 it fell. Um, because there was a series of revolutions. Because first of, first of all, I think the first problem was the priesthood became corrupt. And this is my own diagnosis of the problem, at least with the Roman Catholic Church. I mean, in India, we just had the Brahmanas in general, but but it, but in the West, the, the priesthood was organized as as the Roman Catholic Church, and the, the head of the church was was the the Pope. And but it seemed then there was a rebellion of the Kshatriyas against against the uh, the Brahmanas. And by the way, I wrote a letter to Prabhupada about it. And he he thought that was correct. He said, don't speculate about history over much, but what you've said is, is good. There was this rebellion uh, of the of the of the Kshatriyas uh, of, of the against the Vaishyas. That rebellion, uh, excuse me, against the Brahmanas, that rebellion is epitomized in the Protestant Reformation. So we think of the Protestant Reformation as, you know, something within the church, a split within the church. But actually Martin Luther's idea wasn't to start a new church. His idea was just to purify it. But what happens... <coughs> is the Kshatriyas took advantage of him to separate themselves from the Pope. Because, and the same thing, who's the head of the Church of England? What is a queen doing as a head of a church? You know, it's supposed to have been, it should have been the Archbishop of Canterbury, at least, you know, I mean, some, but no, instead, it was Henry the, yeah, he was now in charge of the church. That's very weird, isn't it? You know? Uh, of course, Henry was maybe motivated by wanting to get married again, but the other thing was, in his kingdom, in England, the church owned almost Huge amounts of land, and that was happening all over. All over, the church had tons of land. These uh, these European princes would look at their land and found out, you know, all this wealth was there in the hands of the church. When Brahmins collect money, they're supposed to give it away, according to their their, their actual duties. They don't keep very much for themselves. They give it to others. You know. But the church was keeping it. At, at least my conclusion is the problem was with the church was that the Pope was also a king. 
he was also a king. The Vatican is still a separate country. And the Vatican and the and the, and the Vatican used to be almost, you know, half, half of Italy and more. He was also a king. And that's the problem. And then the Roman families all wanted to get their guy in there, you know, because it was... It was so. <laughs> this is what was going on. And in fact, the thing that really ignited the, the Protestant Reformation was the king was ra- the, the the pope was raising money in Europe and other places so he would have funds to fight wars to protect some of his lands further east and so he's going around selling indulgences you pay so much money and the 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 the, the, the money rings in the in the offering box and somebody springs out of purgatory and all that stuff you know? <laughs> that was the thing that set off Martin Luther <laughs> so he was collecting money for that purposes. Uh, so, so Luther was kind of purified, but the king said, "So here's an opportunity. You know, if if we become the, the Protestants, you know, we get all this money." And, you know. Of course, all hell broke loose. You know, we had the Thirty Years' War, which was a terrible thirty years in Europe in history, and all that stuff like that on the continent, and. Uh, but that, that was what happened. So, th- so then, then you had the Kshatriyas, now they're in control. Uh, uh, but but the, these, these Kshatriyas, they start to look like ornamental people. Uh, uh, meanwhile, there, there's some uh, material development taking place. Weapons are getting more and more efficient. Wars are becoming more and more expensive. They're having to borrow money, uh, and uh, and so uh, uh, during this time, the mercantile people are, are becoming more more powerful. And so the next rebellion, and make a long story short, is that the Vaishyas against the Kshatriyas, uh, and this is epitomized. Uh, in, in, in uh, well, the American Revolution, actually, but, but you know, America was the, the people that rebelled uh, in America were, were not were, were Englishmen who basically wanted to become free from King George. These were all non-noble landholders, and they didn't know why they should pay tax. He wasn't doing anything for him, and so they got this idea, you know the American idea of freedom. Freedom for who? Well, for white male landowners. <laughs> Originally, those were the only ones that could vote. <laughs> that was the idea, you know. White male property owners. Those were the, those were the that was, you know. Uh, that was the American Revolution, you say, freedom. But that, freedom for those guys. Uh, and then you had the French Revolution. So, uh, again, uh, the, 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 these are Vaishas against the Kshatriyas. It looked like the, the royalty was simply a very expensive hobby, <laughs> ornamentation, you know, for people, you know. So then you had the Vaishas in control. Oh, great, you know, they're all in control. 
they exploit the workers like crazy. Uh, and uh, uh, and today, you know, agribusiness and all this other stuff like that, and and it becomes very very bad. You know, like like in the olden days, if you had a farm and the family was in charge, the children would work on the farm. They would become economically productive at the age of five, but under the care of their parents. But now they, you know. There were factories. You start taking these five-year-old kids and putting them in factories. It's, it's a whole other thing, and that's what was happening. And so you, the next social movement was the rebellion of, of the, the Shudras against the Vaishyas. That was epitomized by the communist socialist revolutions. So when I looked at this, like the whole dynamic of Western history was this slow collapse of what was somewhat of a system of, of, of Wagner. And I thought at the time, what's going to happen next? <laughs> you know, what's going to happen next? Uh, and this was before, you know, the Soviet Union collapsed. And now we see what once the Soviet Union collapsed, who's back big time? The Vaishas, you know. They're like really are growing now. International business. What's happened to, you know, what have the Chinese turned into? All those communists in China. Vaishas, bit Vaishas, you know. That's what's going on. Yeah, everywhere the Vaishas are, are, are back. So I, I don't know what, what, the, what the dynamic is going to be. Uh, and it's hard to predict the future. Prabhupada told me not to speculate about the past too much. The future is hard to know. But I think we should be ready. It may, it may go back the same way, you know. It may be that after the vices blow things completely, which they will, you, you can see it's like the, the money is fictional. You know, it's, it's just numbers... <laughs> It's fiction, uh, uh, and because we all believe in it, it works. But as soon as people stop believing in it, you know, your mind find you. You know, but somehow or other, and if that happens, you'll need some some kshatriya types, you know, to to like keep things stable. People who really are uh, able to use power, and what I think Iskand should do first of all. We, we should be becoming the brain. And we should be able to teach. Prabhupada said a, a Brahman can learn anything and teach anything. We should learn how to teach teach the, the Brahmanas, the Kshatriyas, the Vaishyas, and the Sutras. All, all should be taught uh, what to do uh, and how to do their, uh, their service. Uh, so I, I, I think that, that we're going to enter into or entering into a period of crisis, a, a, a difficult time. So, but if we're supposed to be the brain, we should actually become the brain. And it finally dawned on me a little while ago that, that uh, I was thinking about the regulative principles of Krishna consciousness in kind of a wrong way. Because I always thought that, you know, these are moral principles, right? No illicit sex, no intoxication, no meeting, no gambling. 
and moral principles are, are kind of the thing that, that that work in the realm of reward and punishment. Uh, every religion has them. You know, you follow the principles, you go to heaven, you they have you, or you know, you, your next birth is better, or your next birth is worse, or something like that. But they're actually principles of knowledge. If knowledge depends upon sattva, that is to, to, to really gain knowledge uh, that's scientific. Prabhupada calls it science, right? He calls it sabhijnanam. Jnana vijnanam astikyam, that vijnana. Jnana uh, means theoretical knowledge and vijnana means practical application. That's one sense of it. And also vijnana is the name for science. Today, if Sanskrit, you want to translate the modern word science into Sanskrit, you use the word vijnana. Like the, 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 the vi in the beginning. In Sanskrit, that's a kind of all-purpose intensifier. So Vijnana is... Uh, so you read in Bhagavad Gita, I'm not the body, I'm a spirit soul. That's Jnana. You believe it. Vijnana means you experience yourself that way. Uh, and if, if you know what's supposed to happen with Krishna consciousness, that one follows these principles, our condition comes into the mode of goodness. That's what a brahmana is. The mode of goodness has to be there. Come in the mode of goodness. And if that's there, the garbage starts to get out of your um, uh, consciousness. When the consciousness becomes pure, you can actually begin to understand by realized knowledge that I'm a spiritual being, I'm not the body. You can discriminate between the self and the not-self. The self being the consciousness and the not-self being not only the gross body but the subtle body and the mind. I'm not the mind either, which is really good news. Uh, but I'm not the mind. I, 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 I am the witness. I'm consciousness. And as that consciousness becomes purified, then one kid will encounter super-consciousness, because, because Krishna is the Atma of the Atma, Paramatma. You know, so once you begin to encounter yourself, if you know where to look, you'll notice Krishna. Because Krishna then at that point begins to give direction through the buddhi. Prabhupada calls buddhi the form direction of the super-soul, how the super-soul gives us See, see, buddhi governs attention, what you notice, what you don't notice, what you pay attention to, what you don't pay attention to, what becomes interesting, what is not interesting. It, and so that comes under the control of directly super-soul. And so then, then we become, you know, begin to get some paramatma realization, that Krishna is there all the time giving us guidance then you can actually start to give guidance to, to other people. Uh, because that's coming from Krishna. And start to see what Krishna is up to and what Krishna is doing. And Prabhupada, you said this, you know. Reporters ask you, how do you, how, how do you know to, to uh, guide your, your movement? And he said, Krishna tells me what to do. 
it's just like that. He told this to reporters. But Rameshwar was standing next to him and he thought the reporters were looking like, oh. <laughs> amazed. And, and he said, well, what he means to say is that sometimes he has intuitions. And Prabhupada interrupted and says, no, he said, he tells me what to do. <laughs> You can see the headline, Swami claims God tells him, you know, anyway. But uh, Prabhupada liked to upset reporters, he really did sometimes. Uh, so this is what we need, uh, we need to do. Each one of us needs, needs to develop that we've been given the secrets, and they're all in the Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is really simple. I mean, it's so far out that the, the Bhagavad Gita is there because if you take a university Sanskrit course, after one year you can read the Bhagavad Gita pretty much. It's like very simple Sanskrit. You go from the Bhagavad Gita to the Bhagavatam, you whoa, you, know, <laughs> you realize you're over your head, you know, it's like really. But the Gita is really, really simple. And Krishna puts things very, very simply, you know. I mean, the Mahabharata is is for for children. I mean, it's you know they're they're popular stories for everybody, you know, the teachers things. So, so, uh, so to to me, you know, this is this first thing to do is to develop the brain. To develop the brain. And, and and the other thing is, uh, you, you know, the, the nature of a society is determined by its mode of production. This was Karl Marx noticed this, and it's true. The mode of production uh, should be based on the on the land and the cows. It should be agrarian society mostly. I don't think we have to go back to the Middle Ages, but. What you need is what people are now calling appropriate technology. And, and if you can see what's happening, you know, the, 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 uh, the carelessness of the Vaishas has produced global warming. Uh, and now when people are starting to think, Oh, what are we going to have to do to live in actual harmony with the environment? We can't really control it. It's bigger than we are. The idea is coming about that somehow energy production and food production should be as local as possible. Well, that's our farms. And you look like, like if you plow with, with, with oxen, you've got it right there, you know. If you, you're applying with a tractor, you know, that tractor, first of all, has to be built in a factory, has to be maintained like that. It needs oil. That, oh, that oil. Well, that's nice. So cheap, you don't get oil. Well, no, wait a minute. It's not cheap. It may, it may look cheap now, but you have to maintain a standing army to keep <coughs> the oil fields in Saudi Arabia safe from this, you know, I mean... You start to look at the expenses that are really there. That, by the way, a lot of people are paying for, not just the people who are making a profit for it from it. You know, you you you, you discover it's not so cheap. The cheap oil that everybody wants—it's not cheap. 
just expenses are disguised elsewhere. But if, you, if you're plowing with, with an ox, with oxen, well, wh where's your fuel? You grow it right there. And they, they produce cow dung, and cow dung is itself, you know, not waste. <laughs> it's very, very valuable. And so you, you can really have this kind of uh, development of local sustainability. And other people than us have noticed. I read an article a couple of years ago in the New York Times where a bunch of professors at the University of Massachusetts are plowing with oxen because they figured it out. <laughs> They're plowing with oxen. The University of Massachusetts has, has a very big agricultural school. And generally, all over the agricultural schools uh, that teach agriculture in, uh, in, in America, they're all wholly owned subsidiaries of agribusiness. They want you to use Monsanto's genetically engineered crops, so you have to get their, you know, their weed killer. And yet they're completely captivated by business. Well, there were some brahmanas who figured, you know, somewhere in the University of Massachusetts, we should look at something else. But people have noticed this is not good for us. So, the, the world is coming a long ways toward Krishna consciousness. You know, be, people to be a vegetarian is now like, everybody, great. Nobody thinks you're going to die anymore. Uh, they, uh, so, so, we, we, we should really take our place in leading people and showing how to do these things uh, and to, to teach it. I, I, I believe our farms should, should be a kind of not just uh, doing these things, but teaching people how, how to do it. So, so we are performing both a brahminical function uh, uh, as well as a as a, as a vaisha function, uh, and teach people also by cultivating the mode of goodness, they'll be quite happy. They, they won't need all the excitement, and we'll come up with the appropriate technology. I don't think technology is finished. I don't think we're going to go back to the Middle Ages, but it will be the kind of technology that that's suitable. For what we uh, what we need to what we need to do, uh, so that that's these are some of my ideas about <laughs> Varnashram Dharma. I was just wondering, um, Varnashram Dharma. It's one of those topics that a lot of devotees they either love it or hate it. Yeah. One of the reasons is probably because it's it's been tried to be implemented in a in a, a dysfunctional way so yeah, many that's times. Right. Mm -hmm. But I just wonder where devotees in the movement get the idea that your varna has a gender you know like i i know for myself it can be very hard depending on on where i'm serving mm -hmm. but before i got married or whatever i might be in a it seems to happen especially in agricultural kind of settings yeah. as you're saying i might want to do a particular service which one of the reasons i like to do particular service that everybody does is because they're easier they're our nature to do yeah, particular yeah. services yeah, yeah, right. And I might be told to just sit there, churn some butter, 
get married, have 10 kids, yeah. give up your education, don't elect yeah. it. And it's very, very difficult because it, it seems to be huge. It's, it seems to be, I just wonder where that comes <coughs> in all the time, that we seem to think that Varna has a gender. And it just seems, you know, it's, it's completely, uh, you know, dysfunctional when it's kind of shoved down your throat like that. Because then you're you're forcing the person to act against their nature, actually. Yeah, sure. I, I remember when, when, when we were, Prabhupada come to Philadelphia for uh, Rathiatra, and uh, we were seeing him off in the airport, and I had my daughter with, with me, uh, who had been in the Guru Kula. And, uh, uh, and uh, at that time she had, I, I guess my wife brought back all these, are you waiting? You had. Huh? You had, I hadn't. You've given her all these bangles. Yeah, I got these bangles for her, you know. So she had like an arm, bangles up the arm, you know. So what year? That was, that was 75. 70, 75, yeah. Yeah, she was, you know, not quite eight. Yeah, eight years old. She had all these bangles, and he looked at her and says, Oh, the, the girls here, they like these, these bracelets too. And she was like showing them, you know, <laughs> flashing them around. He said, he says, yeah, you should marry her to a kshatriya. <laughs> Somebody can keep her in money, you know. <laughs> uh, but but she, was, she had been in the Gurukul and she was their best Sanskrit student, by far of anyone, you know. So somebody asked her to recite a, 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 a Bhagavad Gita verse and she just rattled it off, you know. And then he, his eyes went up, he says, oh, better marry to a Brahmana. <laughs> 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 no, it depends on the nature of the child, you know, but what what uh, what uh, their work will, will be, and of course, Prabhupada, you know, he he said that uh, that we sometimes speak of this word daivi varnashram dharma as though it's varnashram dharma for Vaishnavas. That's not what it means. Daivi varnashram dharma means the varnashram dharma which is spoken by the Lord. And that is, the qualifications are guna and karma, not janma. Not what, where you happen to be born, but what ha happens to be your qualities and like your aptitude for work. That's what determines it. Uh, that's the real... Uh, 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 and, and Prabhupada, in India, gave this lecture in Vrindavan, this devastating account of what went wrong in <coughs> India because it became hereditary and that because it's hereditary unqualified people were brahmanas and they were mistreating uh, everybody else and you know it, 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 the whole system became discredited because simply on the basis of birth they were claiming to, to be a brahmana or whatever so, so he, he blamed, he said, and so because the brahmanas weren't qualified, the, 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 the shudras were mistreated. Because the shudras was mistreated, as soon as the Muslims came, they left, you know, and became Muslims. Because they said, you're all equal in the hands and sight of God. This is what the Islam said, you know, you're being mistreated this way. So he, he said, and therefore, the partitioning of India is because 
of not following the proper system of Varnashram Dharma in this lecture. He blamed the partition and the, on, the, on, the, on, on the corruption of this system. As he said in this lecture, pretty far out. People, you know. uh, so everyone has to be taken care of and taken care of nicely and engaged properly according to guna and, and karma. Uh, that's that's what, what should have happened. Yeah. Prabhu, you were saying two things, well, there's two things that it was interesting just to comment on. Uh, one is that the, the indication is, is that an ashram is there as a purificatory system so that people can become, you know, um, on the mode of goodness mm-hmm. and from that path, platform then can aspire to become Krishna conscious. Mm-hmm. And there's been, you know, some talk of that. And so you're mentioning that we should be prepared uh, so that really implies that we as you know, aspiring devotees and we as a movement should really have the systems of the ashram as a demonstrable kind of template there, mm-hmm. but that we should be looking to rise above just mere fan ashram, mm-hmm. you know, as a system. And then the other thing is you were mentioning that uh, you believe it would come maybe out of necessity, you know, necessity being the mother invention. Um, there, was, there was an interesting time during the embargo, uh, the American embargo of Cuba, where there was a stoppage of all importation and trade amongst those who tried to maintain relationships with Cuba. And out of that, Cuba averted their oil prices by actually going back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. And they, they actually subdivided all major farms into small holdings, no bigger than five acres went back to non-mechanistic uh, um, agrar- agrarian production and actually the health of the citizens went up um, the quality of life went up and production went up and they actually went back to like being a predominantly agricultural nation. So if that was the case, um, that would really warrant that we have some kind of major disaster force on us where food security was really at a low as it would have been in the war times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is that what we should be prepared for? I think we, 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 we ought to be able to uh, get things together so when people are receptive, they'll take to it. You see, now Cuba's back all in the good graves of the United States. All the businessmen are running down there like crazy. You know, make sure they don't keep up with that stuff. You know, I mean, the people. You you look at you look at who will be the most threatened by by what we do. You could understand uh, that 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 uh, people will try to stop it unless there's no other choice. I think you know like that. I don't want to see people suffer. I, 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 th- I think when things collapse, it's, 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 go- it's going to be uh, difficult. But, uh, so I wouldn't necessarily be happy about it. I just hope that we can you know, alleviate things as much as possible for the devotees and for, for, for other people. Uh, uh, but we start with ourselves, and, and you know, um, I, I just think that all of us that, that, that are devotees, we our first, our, our main commitment should be our 
own spiritual advancement. If we're not working on our own spiritual advancement, what can, how can we help others? Become Krishna conscious ourselves and give it to others. Uh, and, and for us, our central practice is the cultivation of the holy name, trying to chant the Hare Krishna mantra while giving up offenses. And uh, if we are sincere and serious about our, our own spiritual advancement, Krishna will certainly make all arrangements for us. He's not in the business of making it difficult. Uh, uh, quite the contrary. And whatever we need to find out or to learn, or I think what will come our way, uh, if we're receptive uh, to that. Uh, and uh, for me, I look at Srila Prabhupada and what, what he went in, what difficulty he went through and everything he did for, for my sake and for all, all of our sakes, I owe him. <coughs> I need to try to some way pay him back. Uh, and he's told us how we can do that. Just give it to other people. But you have to kind of cultivate it yourself in order to give it to other people. Well, that, that, that we should really just take that very, very seriously. And if we're each of us trying to make advancement, we'll get all the guidance we need from, 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 from Krishna. Uh, I'm convinced of that myself. Yeah. Um, I was just listening to your classes and the series of lectures on the um, hidden history of ISKCON mm. and I just finished part four yesterday. It was just, I just wanted to say it was absolutely brilliant but I thought it was very interesting and um, that the answer in the end from your estimation of what had gone wrong was, was so simple just as you were saying it was an art and a vritti. Mm -hmm. You said it, it could boil down basically from what you had observed to devotees following but not cultivating the desire to, to mm -hmm. give up the unwanted things and particularly, um, you know, blaspheming of devotees and, mm -hmm. you know, I just thought it was, um, it was very profound at the same time it was very simple. It is, it is, it is, it is really simple. Um, uh, yeah, when you, when you, you see all, all, the, all the, the different things that, that went wrong. Uh, but I, uh, uh, I, do you have any access to this book that, that uh, I ran into people in Ireland haven't seen it, the, the Srila Prabhupada's position book? No. no. That's because your GBC is probably also the chairman and doesn't like to so. These are the books that uh, that was I spent uh, quite a few years working on, actually, even though it's a little book. Um, uh, I brought a few with me. It's also downloadable. Okay. You know, they have stacks of these in the Belfast Temple, and I can yeah, and they're just there, and I can I mean I can get them and give them to the island, you know. I do yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't know people didn't have. I, nobody's, nobody's, nobody's it hasn't been that. circulated. I love copy. They could do with a few copies. Bucky Chu's one is playing. He's probably stashed in boxes. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. 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 I don't
but they have sacks, but there's nobody there distributing in Belfast anyway. It, you know, it's not, it wasn't, you know, it's... Pet the boxes of this book? They got, yeah, I saw yeah. it. Yeah, so they should be passed around. Mm -hmm. Open the storehouse. And open yeah. the storehouse. Yes. Plunder the contest. <laughs> 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 oh, really? I mean, the contest. Great, I'm on a mission. You can give me the link. Yeah, so if you go to rsdasa.com and I'll do that too as well. You can download it from that website. You get no royalties from it, so there's no rules. Yeah, sometimes it's seldom, but they're free. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's seen it. It's very refreshing. Yeah, no, that there's. There's a, the, the Russian translation is there, it was translated in Russian. The Russians are very fast at translating it. <laughs> Uh, there's an Italian translation, Marisavito, he really wanted to get it out there. Yeah, that was the first one. And the German German translation has is, is just been finished. So they're supposed to be translated, according to the GBC, it's supposed to be... You can get it be. on PDF and download it on free. I don't know if I should be saying that if your books are for sale. But you're all English speakers by <laughs> name. <laughs> <laughs> can you get a Russian one? Yeah. <laughs> well, Ukraine was a Oh, yeah, maybe it should be translated to you. Huh? We can purchase these from you also now today. No, today. Those ones. But yeah, it's a little. We, yeah, we just need to give uh, a few copies for Paul because they yeah. don't have any. They don't have any. Yeah, I mean, I shall <coughs> drop some with me. Tell me. Uh, yeah, these these ones, if you want. I'm not selling them. If you want to give a donation, that's fine. But but. Uh, He'll uh, sign them if you donate. The Bhakti Shoe True Swami paid for the whole first printing. And they were printed in India. And they were shipped all around. But I see him for sale in temple stores and he's making 100% profit at temple stores. Nothing going to you. No. Most temple presidents are vicious. It's required. It's required. Yeah, it's a small book, but I, I did, I, I, spe I spent uh, a, a lot of time uh, researching this because uh, um, uh, I, I just found out there's so much stuff I didn't know uh, about Srila Prabhupada that I discovered. Uh, and, and it really increased my appreciation for Srila Prabhupada by quite a bit. Uh, because uh, one of the mistakes I think our movement made to Prabhupada left, many people thought that 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 the lesson Prabhupada was teaching us was how to be a guru, but that wasn't his lesson. 
his lesson he was teaching was how to be a servant. Yeah. And I discovered that how much of a disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta he was. And that was really all he ever wanted to be was a, was a disciple. So much so that in the Pranam Mantra, it's Saraswata Deva, he's the servant of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. And he really, you, you, you find out how much carefully he studied Bhakti Siddhanta, looked at what he did, and just followed in his footsteps. Uh, and, you know, Bhakti Siddhanta, by the time he was, you know, had established the movement, uh, you know, he, he, he was uh, a, a big guru. Uh, Prabhupada learned from him, but when he, came, when he came to America, he wasn't a big guru at all in the beginning. He had a bunch of guys living with him. Prabhupada used to go and get their dirty clothes and wash it for them and fold it up and put them back in there, you know. He used to clean the... They were dirty guys. You know, they've never been you know, typical American kids, but they didn't clean. They are mothers, you know. This, this, he'd wash their clothes, clean the food, cooked for them, fed them, and just served. Then finally somebody said, hey, can we help you, you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's what he did. That's, anyway, that's, that's, that's what he learned, how to be the servant. And, uh, yeah, so therefore he's the right representative. Anything else? Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.